Hello, I'm Bruce Sinclair, and welcome to this podcast from Jordan Hill Parish Church, during which we'll share reading, reflection and prayer for the third Sunday of Easter. Today, our reader is Tommy Gemmell. The reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, reading from verse 13. Luke chapter 24, verse 13. That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognising him. And he said to them, What is this conversation which you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, named Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the thing that hath happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since this happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning and did not find his body, and they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels, who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish men and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken, was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He appeared to be going further, but they constrained him, saying, Stay with us, for it is towards evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognised him, and he vanished out of their sight. They said to each other, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven gathered together, and those who were with them, who said, The Lord has risen indeed, and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road, and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. Amen. I came across this quote from Brené Brown, a research professor from the University of Houston. She has an enviable and practical manner when talking about sociology. She said when thinking about this current pandemic, We will not go back to normal. Normal never was. Our pre-corona existence was not normal, other than we normalised greed, inequality, 
exhaustion, depletion, extraction, disconnection, confusion, rage, hoarding, hate and lack. We should not long to return, my friends. We are being given the opportunity to stitch a new garment, one that fits all of humanity and nature. Times of transition, I don't think, are ever as easy as we like to make out. I still remember the longing I felt when I moved to live in America for a while. It was a university placement, and Vermont was hardly the despot of the world. For the first few weeks, it was almost overwhelming. I felt lost. Different work ethics, unfamiliar territory, life uprooted, and I wanted nothing but to go back home to familiar ways and people I knew. But if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't have met some long-standing friends, nor altered my outlook on many things in the world. My normal was gently changed. How many people wistfully long to return to a pre-Covid world where they knew more and could plan for the future, months if not years ahead, but what if we had the chance to start again and stitch a new garment as Brené suggests? Jesus' disciples, I wonder, perhaps were no different, seemingly wanting to return to the old familiar ways. The Emmaus Road story is the longest continuous Easter story in any of the Gospels. Two followers of Jesus are walking from Jerusalem to Emmaus, about seven miles away. One is called Cleopas, a man, the other is unnamed, though recent studies have wondered if it might have been a woman, possibly Mary, the wife of Cleopas, who is recorded as being one of the Marys who stood at the, at the foot of the cross whilst Jesus died. But here she is unnamed, like so many of the female followers of Jesus. On this road to Emmaus, they are joined by a stranger. We who live after the resurrection events know that it is Jesus, but the travellers do not recognise him. It was a reasonable journey on foot for those two weary disciples. Like the other disciples, they maybe were planning to go back to their fishing nets or tax offices or missed families and merciful routine. They are on the road that will return them home. Jesus joined them on the way. The embodiment of everything that they had hoped for walks right beside them, but they don't recognise him. So caught up in their loss, their unhappiness, their bitterness, their self-centeredness, they do not see, cannot see, will not see. Along our road to Emmaus, for how many of us has it been the case that when Jesus walks beside us, we do not see cannot see, will not see. A seven-mile journey for those two forlorn disciples, despondent and foot-trudging. Time and distance separate them from the joys of Easter. What real difference, I wonder, has a risen Jesus made to our scared world today? Was the brightness just a mirage at Easter? If this is a bright new beginning, then we might as well turn round and ask, so what? 
when the two sad disciples slow down out of exhaustion, and when they think their destination is just round the corner, this mystery figure accepts their invitation, sits down beside them, blesses bread, breaks it, and at last they know who he was. The Emmaus journey and the other resurrection appearance stories help that transition for the disciples not to return to their old ways, but find a new outlook. What of us on our roads to Emmaus? Not all of life is bad, but often it is busy and increasingly unrelenting, and quite often life blindsides us when it comes to faith. It's not that we don't want to believe, we're simply just too busy getting on with coping with life. What also of our communities, our world, our church? Journeying as a metaphor has been done to death recently, but in the Emmaus story, we are on a journey. Jesus goes with us until at last we see who he is. We know we do not live in a perfect world and have the opportunity to step into a new way of being for our lives and the life of the world. What if we now had an opportunity? What might this new vision, this new garment look like? What would it include? Perhaps a chance to rid the world of racism and sexism, poverty or injustice, a chance to protect the environment, a chance for us to live more fulfilling lives and create a world where all of God's children and creatures are valued. The risen Jesus is journeying with you, whether you know it or not. There are moments in which you will come to know him and recognise him. And for me, that is partly what this great story of Emmaus is about. A growing, thoughtful faith, which finds itself moving between different poles. Poles of certainty at times and doubt at others. It will note what is understood and what is still mysterious. It will be moving, changing and challenging. And perhaps, yes, if we're lucky, enough to fit a new garment for all. Amen. The story of the journey to Emmaus throws up so many questions for us it's difficult to know where to start, but here are a couple to be journeying with this coming week. If you had been one of the disciples, how would you have felt in this story? What changes have you made to your life over the last couple of weeks, and would you keep any of them after lockdown? If we were to create a new start for society, what would be the single biggest change that you would like to see and why? And perhaps those questions again. If you had been one of the disciples, how would you have felt in this story? What changes have you made to your life over the last couple of weeks and would you keep any of them after lockdown? 
If we were to create a new start for society, a new garment, what would be the single biggest change you would like to see and why? We now have a prayer of gratitude and concern. O risen one, like those disciples on the road to Emmaus, we struggle to recognise you in the everyday journey of our lives. We seek your wisdom in the midst of the questions that we have about life, about the state of the world, about matters much beyond our control. Open our eyes, O light of the world, to your work of transformation in and around us as we walk with you day by day. May your new life be made real in what we say to others. Help us to understand the power of our words, to hurt or to heal, to build up and to strengthen. Give us the graciousness to make all our conversations holy, letting your light glance into our world. O Christ, we are bombarded with images every day that shape our attitudes and behaviours. As you opened the scriptures to the disciples and taught them everything, open our eyes to see you in your world, in the beauty of nature, the beauty of another human being, and the communities in which we live. In our seeing, help us to recognise and welcome the stranger in our midst. May our welcome be a celebration of the gifts and graces of people who are different from us, and not merely some token tolerance of an outsider. You were known to the disciples in the breaking of bread, May your resurrection presence guide us in the decisions that we make, the way we treat ourselves and others, and the opportunities that we have to make the world a better place by stitching a new garment. So often we forget, O oh God, that you invite us to abide with you, to have our lives hidden in you. We thank you that you travel with us in all our joys and our concerns. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen.